I'm Andy Burdan, and welcome to the In Dices podcast, where my friends and I play indie tabletop RPGs. This time on In Dices, we will continue with part two of A Penny for My Thoughts by Paul Tevis and Evil Hat Productions. It's an amazing game that creates very compelling stories and is one of my favorite GM-less games. This episode was recorded in two parts, and one player had to step out during the second part. So if you notice it, no, you're not crazy. It happened. Be sure to check out the show notes for links to the game. Enjoy! Recalling a mission where I face a moral dilemma. When I think of roar of a jet engine, I think of uh, the last airport I was at. Unknown country, unknown location. But I remember a lot of glass windows, a lot of people walking by, a lot of suitcases. I remember a lot of, uh, I remember sitting there uh, waiting, waiting for someone. My contact, I think. I just can't remember the name of the the city I was in. What was that city's name? Berlin. Berlin. You're in uh, Memphis. I remember now. It was it was Memphis? Egypt or Tennessee? <laughs> <laughs> Tennessee. So <laughs> I recall uh, waiting for my contact there, and lo and behold, this this uh, blonde woman, trench coat, black sunglasses, sat behind me. Looking, appearing not to talk to me, talked ahead of herself, so no one picked up on what we were doing. Uh, she told me that Echo Niner was active and Sequence was go. And I said, okay then. And I knew what this meant. This was very important. This was <laughs> what, what this code meant was... Uh, it meant that Elvis was dead. Mm. Oh, I see. I got it. It meant that Michael Jackson was dead. Oh, oh no. <laughs> two, two famous pop stars. <laughs> okay, no, I got it. I got it. Okay. Uh, let's go with... Um, let's go with Elvis. It meant that... Uh, uh, she said Elvis was dead, and I knew immediately she was talking about uh, the man I was after, a co-name Elvis, had passed away as soon as I got here, which meant... That um, someone killed him before I could get here to kill him, which is not good. Didn't that happen during your last memory? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Some people, no, that's a strange thing. You just get other people that's to do your that, work no, all the time. That's the, that's the strange thing, isn't it? It's, it's, it's somehow, like, this is second, the, the first time is a coincidence, but the second time, that's just, that's just that's, that gets really suspicious. That's a pattern. Yeah. So I got really suspicious about this, I recall. Um, I immediately went to the uh, the the giant um, plant. It was, it was an old house that he lived in. It was one of those old uh, old style American Americana type like uh, giant houses that you you know. And looked around for what I could uh, find to see how this happened. And when I got there. Uh, the body was still there. Um, well, the body, by body, I meant a one single splatter of blood. They actually did a really good job of clean. Whoever killed them did a really good job of cleaning up after themselves. I looked at the spot of blood. Um, it was teamed, it looks like a trip, so I look up, and this leads me to, and I immediately deduced that the blood came from the second floor. So I walked up the stairs, found a scuffle on the floor. There was a scuffle here. 
the fight broke out on the second floor. I followed the scuffle marks towards the bedroom. In the bedroom, uh, it was picked clean. Drawers were pulled out, clothes were everywhere, but I stepped on a rather indented floorboard and I said, hey, I've seen all spy movies. I know what this is. I lifted the floorboard and there it was, a little metal box containing everything I needed for uh, to find whoever did this. Inside the box was uh, you. Was the assassin's fake identity and a couple bundles of cash and different uh, foreign currencies. Interesting. Uh, so you, yeah, you were rummaging around in the floorboards, mm-hmm. and uh, you found a, a little metal box. We found a it little metal box. To find. It yeah, it contained uh, a USB drive. A USB drive. Ooh, yeah, that actually makes more sense. I'm gonna go with USB drive. The answers I needed were on this tiny little USB drive. And I was looking at it, I noticed a little bit of a red refraction coming off my shirt. I looked down, there was a little red dot on my shirt. I rolled away and immediately gunfire starts shooting into the window and I, I ran, for, ran for cover as fast as I could. Did you uh, live? Hmm? <laughs> <laughs> I lived. I lived. Uh, this, the, the house was quickly raided uh, and I had to get out of there quick. So, what could I do? Except, I suppose, uh, use a lot of violence to get out of there. I don't know who these men were. They could have been cops. They could have been not cops. Either way, uh, some of them died. <laughs> but I got out. And uh, even though I did get a really big head start on, on whoever was killing off my targets with the USB drive... I regret in this mission that uh, I did not have further information about who my enemies were. Uh, it haunts me to not know who I killed and who I didn't kill. Uh, that, that's, that's the most disturbing part of being a secret agent. Okay, so the last round is uh, all about the last mission and the thing that causes the trauma that triggers your amnesia. So something happens, and that's why you forget your memories. So I'll grab a prompt. All right. When I think of an air raid siren, I remember my time in Kosovo. And I was on a, uh, I was on a, yet another covert op, do we do anything else really? Uh, I was on a covert op in a fairly war-torn area. Um, It wasn't just, you know, the nice part of Kosovo. Um, I had vacation there with my family. Yeah, well, yeah, it's it's pretty. Um, But uh, I was not in the pretty part. Um, So, I was uh, monitoring uh, activities, um, local uh, local militants, uh, and I was monitoring their activities with long-range scopes, microphones, uh, all all the good fun toys. Even had a little handheld drone. It's good times. 
but uh, but uh, as I was gathering a good bit of information, and I had maybe about another day or two before uh, I made the drop, the information drop, um, when through a long-range scope, who do I see but Edgar the Wrench Hansen? <laughs> Once again, he is here to make my life hell. And just, just as I saw him, he enters one of, the, one of the buildings that I was monitoring. The air raid sirens go off, and I had to get out of there in a hurry. But there was something blocking my way, and I was unable to get out the front door. So I had to find an alternate. What was my alternate? You know of a window upstairs on the third floor that is adjacent to another building that also has an open window. You would have to jump across. All right. Or did I... Disguise yourself as an old tourist. <laughs> I, I'm going to have to go for the disguise. Got to go with the disguise. So I, I, had, I had no other choice. Uh, I had some old clothing that I used for going out to the shops, uh, gathering supplies that I need for, you know, not dying. Um, so I put, put on all the clothing in, uh, in such a way. And then I realized, oh, they're still looking for a man. So let's, let's do up the clothes. And I'm pretty sure I could pass as an old lady. <laughs> so I made my way down, the, down to the front door, and the, the militants were right outside the front door. That's why I couldn't leave. But they looked at me in my old lady get up as I went out, and here's, here's the final test. So. They looked straight at me, and then I, I do my best voice. Good, good day, Sonny's. Of course, not in the local language. I'm translating for your benefit. Um, but, um, and they just turned around disinterestedly, and uh, it seems my disguise worked. But I had, hadn't gone further than a block when I was stopped yet again. I was stopped by... The Viper. Or was I stopped by... Serbian militiamen with semi-automatic guns at a checkpoint. I got to go with the Viper. Yeah, you do. <laughs> Who is the Viper? <laughs> No sooner did I leave the presence of the wrench that I run into the viper. This is just not my day. <laughs> the wrench and his monkeys and now into a nest of vipers. The viper drives up in his viper. Some of them don't really have that much imagination when they pick their nicknames. Uh, really, it's, it's really quite disappointing. <laughs> but nobody does know the Viper's real name, so I suppose that was effective. He looks over, over his dashboard, sees me, and 
I can see his eyes narrowing slightly. I avert my gaze as a, a kindly old woman probably would do when, you know, encountering a uh, young man on the prowl, so to speak. Uh, in a viper. <laughs> in a viper. Uh, and he keeps watching me. And I'm like, you know what? This actually, this won't do. I'm going to have to back him off. So I, I, I hitch up my support pantyhose, grab my cane, and put my hands on my hips and look over at the viper and say, listen, Sonny, if you want to, if you want to look, take a goddamn picture. <laughs> and and he he looked away and looked embarrassed as a uh, as a young man on the prowl should do when chastised by his grandmother. So I made it past the viper reasonably successfully, but this the pantyhose was starting to chafe, so I had to get out of this. Um, but I didn't. I couldn't just change in the middle of the street. I didn't have any clothes to change into. So what did I do? Okay. You start discarding bits of your costume while heading towards the beach where you, head, where you blend right in. You uh, run into a neighboring house, praying nobody will be home in order to uh, pillage their closet for a new disguise. Uh, pieces of the costume were starting to fall because, well... The costume was designed to look rather like an old lady, and things droop. But I did not plan for that very well, and things drooped a little too far and got tangled. As the clothing, as the costume self-destructed, I managed to get myself into what looked like an empty uh, residence. Or at least I hoped it was empty. I didn't see any movement, no lights. But it was in the day, so, you know. Um, but I managed to get around the side door, break my way in with a reasonable amount of effort. Yeah. Secret agent lockpicks come in handy. I, I start looking around for the bedrooms and trying to find some clothing. But uh, there were quite a few bedrooms in this place, so this was like, Maybe a family home, a large family, something like that. Uh, so I found what seemed to be the master bedroom and uh, found a walk-in closet, went into that. But instead of clothing, there was moonshine. Lots and lots of moonshine. Uh, outfits uh, for schoolgirls. Schoolgirl outfits. <laughs> you walked into a Hello Kitty schoolgirl outfit teenager's room. Oh, this, this is a collector. <laughs> the thing is, I have to explain my amnesia. <laughs> and I can, I can picture a couple of storylines with each option. Um, some easier than others. <laughs> Uh, why not? <laughs> so, this is how they found you. <laughs> so I go into the closet with uh, the Hello Kitty schoolgirl outfits. And That's why his code name is the Catholic. <laughs> <laughs> All of them were the same size. 
and not not my size. But you know, it was either it's either wear the schoolgirl skirt and high socks and white shirt and tie or go naked because everything else was just falling apart. Just to be sure, I run around the rest of the house, check all the other closets, all schoolgirl outfits. Like, I think I found a schoolgirl house. It's like, it's, it must be a school or something. I don't know. Either that or the owner has some very, the owner has some very big problems if that's not the case. Some particular preferences. So... Um, so I find the, the outfit that fits the best. It's still terrible, but at least things aren't hanging out. Um, (laughs) they're mostly not visible. Uh, and, uh, I, uh, oh my God. (laughs) And I head towards, uh, the exit. So I get to the exit just as a, a car pulls up, and uh, they're coming this way. It's the Viper. <laughs> Followed closely by the wrench and his <laughs> monkey wrenching crew. Um, That's the last I'm, thing you remember. I'm in trouble. <laughs> I'm in trouble. And I head for the other exit running as fast as I can, uh, and I open the door, and there's more of them. And that's the last thing I remember. (laughs) So to answer the question, where is the target now? Um, Maybe in the schoolgirls school? I don't don't really know. (laughs) When I think of silhouette of a dancer, I remember being on vacation. It was a well-deserved vacation. And I was in, as secret agents are wont to do, I took a vacation in what country to do what? You were in uh, the Swiss Alps for a magic tournament. <laughs> so you were uh, deep sea diving in the Mari- uh, by the Marianas Trench. Deep sea diving by the Marianas Trench. I, I think I have to go for that. So I was I was deep sea diving in the Marianas Trench, and I had just finished doing that the whole day and decided that I wanted to take a break. And I went to go see a live show, which included the, a dancer. And as I was drinking, I was sitting there and enjoying my time when suddenly I felt a hit to my head, to the back of my head, passing out. I later woke up and I woke up where? In a very 50s styled, 50s styled American house filled with mannequins. (laughs) (laughs) You, you woke up, uh, 
tied to a metal bar in an industrial warehouse. The classic. I, I like the 50s house. So, so I woke up in a 50s house filled with mannequins, which I realized was actually a museum. It was an homage to the 50s. I had no idea where I was, but standing there was uh, an old CIA agent whom had information, as, previous, as I remember previously, about a dark conspiracy. It ends up that he was in on buying information on who the agents were in my agency, and my friend had actually sold a couple names to tease out buyers. And Luckily, unluckily, my name was one of those names. So he wasn't really a friend, so I am very glad I killed him with a bass. And he's, he's sitting there uh, looking at me, apologizing that he had to do what he had to do, but he really needed the money. So I asked him why he needed the money, and he said he wanted to get his family out of Russia, I guess, and move to a better place and he was going to sell the list to someone else. So as he's walking around, I, since I'm not tied up, I quickly jumped out, pushed him, and we got into a struggle. We rolled around, we punched, but you know, my superior training subdued him. As I ran out into the street, I saw... You saw um, shining headlights in front of your face or three big rigs, engines roaring, not not running. They're not like dro not being driven. They're just pointed right at you. And in front of these headlights is the silhouette of a man with a cane. <laughs> the Viper. <laughs> he's, he's going places. He's going places. <laughs> the Viper. Eh? <laughs> All right, I'll go with the the Viper this time. <laughs> All right. Our old nemesis. Yes. So it seems the Viper was standing there. And with pointing a gun at me, uh, he seems to be a huge thorn in the side of our agency because he's definitely bugging several uh, agents. And he had his gun pointed at me and he said, well, I guess, uh, or I figured you would escape. So I was waiting for you. He grabbed yes, me. Yes, I figured you would <laughs> yeah, escape. Yeah, yeah. I was waiting for you. Yeah, so he grabbed me, and he, uh, uh, again, put me in a car. You'll stay here. Yeah. <laughs> what kind of car was it? I don't remember. I was a little dazed after my fight. Uh, yeah, was it a viper? <laughs> He's got vipers in every continent. <laughs> Probably. Uh, Dodge viper, Nissan yeah, viper. Yeah. Driving away with him, he had decided, or he had um, pricked me with a needle. The Viper needle. Yeah. <laughs> which, uh, which put me to sleep. And that is the last thing I remember, except where I woke up, which was where? Six feet under in a casket. In a, six feet under in a casket. So you were put to sleep by the Viper Venom. <laughs> Viper Venom. And where did I end up? You, you know, I th you think I would choose a nickname that I could pronounce, but I really like Vipers. <laughs> you, you woke up in a house down to the nines. Well, you have four coins, though. 
in a seventies style. In seventies style, I was <laughs> <laughs> filled with mannequins. I I remembered my training, um, and I eventually got out of the casket after patiently working my way out. What what's the, what's the thing from uh, Kill, Kill Bill? Bill the, like, yeah, the yeah. One inch punch. One yeah. inch punch. Yep. Well, it's like second week of training, right? That is, yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's, if you don't get that, come on. Really? You're, yeah. not, you're not a good agent. But I did not, at that point, I did not remember anything. And I eventually was found and picked up by an agency. And so that was the last thing I remember. And the target now is the Viper because I need to find out. Viper. Yeah, I need to find out why he would put me in a casket when I'm on vacation watching dancing ladies <laughs> after scuba diving. It's all going back to me now as I recall howling wolves and what that triggers in me. When I think of howling wolves, I remember waking up in, in the woods one night and uh, I could hear the loud howling of wolves. And, uh, but ahead of me, there were uh, two headlights. In front of the headlights was, was a man in uh, in full fox hunting gear, I couldn't see his face because of the the way the lights were positioned. But um, uh, this is this is where my path had brought me. I had I was tracing down why almost our agency's missions were being cleared by someone else uh, so precisely and and so ahead of us that uh, it was it was cost it was. I, I was only only saw the pattern, and uh, I went after it, and it brought me here. The man didn't need to show his face because uh, I knew who he was immediately based on the information I had. Uh, he was his name was Simon Cordstrin. Simon Cordstrin, yeah, I remember it's Simon Cordstrin, and he was. He was the new young CEO of a new private military group. He was very boisterous. Uh, there was always reports about him being uh, uh, not playing fair with the other companies. And I think this is, oh my God, yeah, he was trying to get ahead of all the other competition. He was stealing all intel from other companies and using it for himself to get all our clients from for himself. And uh, it's a risky move, like, but he's, he's, he was young. He, he does not care at all about this. And he caught, how did he catch me again? He, uh, he broke into your house late one evening because he heard you were collecting a little bit too much evidence. You were out for an evening stroll. Well, actually, no. You were out for an evening jog. And they pulled up in a black van. Three guys jumped out and shoved you into the van uh, after drugging you with uh, a syringe of some kind of knockout juice. Hmm. I, I think it was, I think it was, a, I think I'll take the sleeping one. I'll take, I wouldn't be caught dead by three people. I gave me, I could take those guys on. <laughs> <laughs> they got me when I, they found out where I was living and they captured me in my sleep, brought me out here. This guy, this Simon, he's playing with fire. He's ignoring all the rules. And he's made a lot of enemies, but I don't think he cares uh, because he's, in the end of the day, uh, it's him who's going to get all the money from everyone else. So, 
And he's got some powerful backers too. He's got like, he's part of a, a what do you call it, a dynasty of powerful, powerful men. And he thinks he can just run around doing whatever he wants with his company. So I highly disagree. Uh, anyway, he's, while I'm saying this, I, I remember thinking this and he was breaking into some sort of evil monologue. I don't know what he was saying. Something about, you know, oh, look at me. I'm so rich. I made all my money from my dad because all self-earned, something like that. Uh, and then he released the wolves on me. Uh, he got into his car and with one little honk, I, they, they were closing in and I had to, and his car drew off and, and I saw when the lights left, I saw like little yellow eyes in the darkness eyeing me down. Now I was, my hands were tied behind my back and, uh, I need to, to get out of there. So I, I, I had to look around for something. I looked to my, I looked to my right and what did I see? Uh, you saw a uh, a lady of the night uh, who is trying to ply her wares. Oh, interesting. In the middle of the woods. <laughs> well, edge of the woods. Desperate <laughs> times. Yeah, yeah. Rusty axe that was uh, partially buried. That's very dull. I'll give it to you for now. That's, 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 yeah. Okay. I found, I looked to my right, there was a, buried in the dirt was a rusty axe. I scooch over to it and start uh, very patiently trying to uh, cut into my ropes the, behind my back. And uh, I couldn't think it like, my heart was thumping with surrounding my wolves, but I, I couldn't, I, I needed the focus. I need to get these ropes off me. Um, the... As soon as my hands were free, one of the wolves pounced forward, and I had to back out into a tree, uh, and uh, uh, just in time before it tore my throat out. So that was an interesting night. <laughs> anyway, uh, I had to. Uh... Oh, how did I get out of there? Uh, there was wolves around our wolves. I was up a tree. Um, there was like, yeah, I'm imagining I had, I was searching my pockets and, uh, looking for something to something. My, my, uh, my, my spy master, uh, he gave me something. I, what was it? It was some sort of gadget. It was uh wolf spray. Wolf spray. Oh, oh, very convenient. Yeah. Oh. Uh, it was a serum that allowed you to transform into a wolf. Oh, interesting. Werewolf serum? Is that standard issue now? Uh, it's a special issue. It must have been in a highly covert mission. Okay. Yeah. Um, I had this uh, serum that uh, was my... I didn't have anything else. It was supposed to be a final resort, but this looks like final resort to me, so I downed the whole thing. Um, I didn't think I would actually turn into a wolf, but... I, I, I remember fading to black at this moment. I remember I have glimpses of my head of me running wild and free and naked in the fields with these other wolves. They accepted me into their, their pack. I slept with them. I hunted with them. It was, it was. 
quite a week. <laughs> well, I, I in, the, in the puddle. I, no, no, no. I didn't. I, didn't I just not not in, a, not in a not in an erotic way. Actually, I was, slept. <laughs> just physically slept is what I'm saying. Um, after that, I I just remember waking up in the middle of the street with a newspaper hat and and carrying. I still had that USB stick, but I won't say where because all I'm saying is the USB is somewhere that he didn't think to look. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and with that bit of pain, I, I that's how I ended up here, back in the uh, Orphic Institute. Just I'm forgetting everything. All right. So that's that's my that's my tale. And the target, where's the target now? Oh well. Let's see what's going to jog my memory. Uh, oh, yes. When I think of back bacon. <laughs> that reminds me of, of my, my breakfast tradition. So before any you know, big political assassination, such as I was about to do that day, uh, I made sure to start the day right with a big breakfast. Uh, I cooked myself three eggs, you know, half a pound of back bacon, uh, Half pound. Okay. You know, I got an Gotta appetite. Do it right. yeah. I got yeah. an appetite. Okay. So it was a it was a pretty big assassination, I'm sure. Oh man. Big assassination. Big breakfast. Oh man. Yeah. Agent Agent Ron Swanson over here. My, <laughs> my memory is kind of a little bit foggy. Who 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 was I assassinating? Kim Jong Il. Mm. The president of Uzbekistan. That's right. I was I was assassinating the president of Uzbekistan. <laughs> uh, the uh, the stand countries were getting a little bit out of control. The stand countries. <laughs> oh my God. You know, Kyrgyzstan, Pakistan, Uzbekistan, Kazakhstan, the stand countries. I mean, so the president of Uzbekistan, uh, he was planning, he was planning a. a, a to take over the world. So he, he fancied himself some kind of a hotshot dictator. Uh, and he, he thought that uh, he was, he was going to be the next Napoleon Bonaparte, the next uh, Genghis Khan. And he was going to rule the world. So he was amassing an army. And well, we all know Uzbekistan doesn't really have the population to take over the world. So he was building nuclear weapons. I mean, what else would you use to take over the world? Uh, and this had to be stopped. So that day, I had my big breakfast, back bacon, and uh, I went to intercept him. At uh, well, somebody chose to do this at a big public event. I think they wanted to make a bit of a spectacle of it. Um, now, what event was that? Anti-spring break. Yeah, that's what it was. It's it's when you go and you do everything opposite of the those pig Americans who go to spring break and and party it up no no that's not what we do we do it the right way here in uzbekistan where we wear more clothes and drink less alcohol mm-hmm. and we and we listen to the quiet music so that that's anti-spring break day is what that was the biggest holiday in uzbekistan yes what it was the uh, 1910 uh chess world champions 19, championship 1910 yeah to celebrate the 1910 World Championship, yeah. the che- the chess World Championship. Yeah. Mm. It was it was anti spring break in Uzbekistan. Um, 
ever since the uh, rise to power of the regime, um, they instituted a bunch of new holidays, and by far the biggest one was uh, anti-spring break, and it uh, it was down with democracy, down with America, down with uh, Western culture in general. Um, so there was this huge rally. Uh, tens of thousands of people were assembled in the city. Beauty Americans. Yes. They were burning flags. They were, they were burning images of famous American people. I think there was some, uh, some, some hotshot tech uh, entrepreneur who's been in the news a bit lately. They were burning images of him. Oh, you mean Steve Nobbs? <laughs> <laughs> I, get, I get to the event dressed in uh, lots of extra clothes, uh, very traditional Uzbekistan wear, um, uh, looking very patriotic. I had to burn a flag. To, to maintain my cover, but we all know you got to do what you got to do undercover, right, guys? That's that's how I got into the uh, schoolgirl outfits. Mm. Just yeah. ask the wolves I was with. <laughs> so being being that I was in Uzbekistan and the border, border security was pretty tight, I could not assassinate the president with my traditional weapon. So I had something a bit more unorthodox. You couldn't use the maple syrup? I couldn't use the maple syrup. I could... I, I couldn't even use the backup of back bacon. You guys know what I'm talking about, right? Oh, of course. Um, but I had to use something unorthodox. What What was that unorthodox weapon? When in Uzbekistan, you have to go full poutine. Poison yep. poutine. Yeah, poison Vladimir poutine. <laughs> uh, you had a tube sock full of pool balls. <laughs> <laughs> the... Uh, Headquarters sent me, and they gave me just a tube sock. They told they told me to wear it, and they said, "Go to a local pool hall, see if you can steal steal some pool balls." I don't know what they were thinking, because using this as a weapon, it would be almost impossible for me to escape a large crowd after very publicly assassinating the president of Uzbekistan with a pool ball and a Make tube it sock. Work. You're a professional. I am a professional, so. I made my way to the top of a building because I'm not going to club him to death uh, while he's on the podium giving his uh, anti-America speech. So I get this pool ball and I very, <laughs> I very cleverly make a, a kind of a slingshot. That was one of the electives we could take at spy spy college. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I Al was, alternate weapons. I was not top of my class on that one, but yeah, you were something else. Yeah, so so I took it. I whirled it around, I let it fly, and unfortunately, the first shot uh, didn't didn't quite get the job done. I I hit him in the chest. Uh, he fell down. His security guards jumped on top of him, but I had to finish the job. I mean, we're professionals. So I I went into the public square. Soldiers were everywhere. Um, People were screaming in a panic. Um, it, it was just awful to see the president of Uzbekistan hurt in, in such a public way and with a pool ball, no less. A symbol of, of playing games, of, of relaxing socially, everything that anti-spring break was not about. So I, I had to finish the mission. I walked up to a soldier and... Uh, I did what we're all trained to do to the soldier. 
next thing you know, I have his rifle and he's in three pieces on the ground. Uh, and I finish the job. I, I, I open up on the president of Uzbekistan and then, and then something awful happened. You gave the worst one-liner anyone's ever heard. So much so that uh, the president did not want to die just yet because he wanted to die to a worthy one-liner and this was not it. This was the worst thing. He wanted to live after this. Uh, so, and after that, um, you were so embarrassed by your one-liner <laughs> that, uh, that, that you just blacked out. You blacked out. You didn't remember everything after that. You went up to the president's body after the crowd dispersed screaming and to get one last confession out of him and you reached up and noticed he was wearing a mask and it wasn't the president i had to know i had to know exactly how many nukes he had because central intelligence knew he was building nukes but we didn't know exactly how many he had and we needed to destroy them we needed another class seven airstrike um on these on these locations uh, we had class the sevens are so satisfying i know right I mean, it's like straight out of the movies. Uh, so we had five locations, and we needed to know if those were the only five locations. So I, I ran my way through the crowd, um, and I went down to the president, and I said, how many nukes did you guys build? When his face kind of started to slide. And I, 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 I touched it, and it fell off. He was a mask. It's crazy. Uh, I mean, that's like a once once in a career kind of Amazing. thing for a spy. I can't believe that happened. I know. Who would have thought? And and you know what he said next? This this is, I, I, I still can't believe it. He said, and I would have gotten away with it too, if it wasn't for you meddling kids. Which kind of kind of surprised me because I mean, well, there's only I'm, one of you. I'm I'm 14 years old. I'm not exactly a kid anymore. You're <laughs> a 14 year old spy. So, so it 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 kind of took took me aback. Uh, he he then breathed his last and died. And uh, and then and then the guards caught up with me. Uh, I don't really remember much after that. Uh, I must have been extracted, airlifted to safety to get here. But uh, yeah, that that caused all my memory loss. Now the target, where is he now? We're still not sure. We're not sure if the president of Uzbekistan um, was just a fake the whole time or if the real president is still out there. Now we have one final question for each of us. Um, After we've gone through this treatment and recovered our memories, the agency wants to know if we will continue to work for the agency. So we have to answer that question. You can, they have another experimental drug that they can apply and return your amnesia to you and you can live in ignorant bliss or you can return to work. Oh, So you have that choice. The Agent K treatment. Yeah, exactly. I'll I'll return to work. Agent K is a good man. I'll say yes. I'll say yes. I'll you'll, ret- you'll I'll return. Re- I'll return, return to, work. to work. I need to hunt down this this corporate douchebag who uh, who's stealing all our information from all other sources. Yeah, you got a lot of loose ends in your stories yeah. <laughs> to wrap up.
So, uh, Chris, you're you're a ringer. So, from what you understand, would uh, would you have returned to work? Oh yeah, yeah. I want to. It's a life take, of excitement. I wanna, really. Exactly. I want to take this son of a bitch down. So, yeah, the story wouldn't be over for me. I want to return. That's right. Gotta take the viper down. Yeah. That's that's why I'm returning. Yeah. I have to take down the viper and the wrench. Both of them, they're they're going down, and they're they're at large. They're a public yeah. mess. So I'm definitely returning to service. For sure. <laughs> I can't do it, guys. It's good money too. I I I can't return to service. I mean, yeah, I've got my whole life ahead of me, and I've I've already been present for two Class Seven airstrikes, um, and and we all know that the radiation dosage from that alone. Uh, reduce my life expectancy now you have to go back to class seven dun, in dun, school dun. <laughs> grade seven I'm, I'm excited i might actually get my high school this time around <laughs> just don't shank the teachers again yeah, yeah. well if they give me less than 90 percent, what else am i gonna do <laughs> we have ways but hopefully with my memory wipe i'll have forgotten all my um Brutal retali- yeah. retaliatory. Yeah, you gotta watch out for that muscle memory, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They can't wait. Uh, muscle memory. The is a magical place. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can't go back, guys. It's too crazy. Okay. It's too much. Retire at fourteen. Uh, I'm 14. fifteen now. Well, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> true, true. It's been, it's been a long rehab. <laughs> long road to recovery. All right, and that's the game. That is uh, a penny for my thoughts, and uh, we'll, uh, we'll go through one final list of people this is winston i i am i am winston i i that's my name uh i i work i work here i work here <laughs> i am chris also known as sex bomb enjoyed playing <laughs> uh i am matthew the best agent to have ever lived ever and i'm andy Burdan, and this has been the indices podcast And that wraps it up for this week's episode of Indices. We'll continue next time with a new game, or maybe an old game. It'll be a game. If you have any requests for games to go on the show or want to otherwise contact Indices, you can reach us on Twitter at Indices Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, we'd appreciate a review on iTunes. Five stars helps get the show into more headphones. The music you heard was Dramatic Danger provided by J-Man at our music box. Links to that and everything else I just mentioned are in the show notes. Until next time.